Morning, brothers and sisters. Today we get to rejoice in the Lord and His sacrifice for us. As we thought this morning about God's providence, that's what we talked about for several weeks now, uh, we're amazed at how God works behind the scenes to do amazing things. And if we look at Acts chapter 3, Peter is explaining to the people of Israel what's happened with all these men who were speaking in different languages. And he says in verse 22, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God, with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst. Just as you yourselves know, this man that he describes it delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. You nailed to the cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. As we think about the crucifixion of Christ and the purchase of our salvation, purchased because of the wickedness of men who nailed him to the cross, thinking they were doing a good thing, when in reality, They were doing the most wicked thing on the planet. And yet God used it for the righteousness that we now enjoy. And so we see the wonderful providence of God here in Acts 3 as Peter explains this to the people. And we know as believers that even though we weren't there in person to nail Jesus to the cross, we know why Christ submitted to the cross was because of our own sin. And so this morning we want to rejoice in the fact that he was willing to have the frowning providence of God on his life as he went to the cross and he took our sin upon himself and he took the wrath of God and he suffered and died. And now we have been given his righteousness to rejoice and to have fellowship with him, and to be set free to become like Jesus. This is what what Christ has come to do. So this morning we rejoice in Christ's willingness to sacrifice. We rejoice that he took our sin on himself, and that we have received his righteousness. And when you look in Revelation chapter 5, we kind of pull back the curtain there of what goes on in heaven. Revelation 5, 9. And the scripture says, And they sang a new song, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seal. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men, from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. There's no one like Jesus Christ. There's no one who has died for you. There is no one who has taken your sin upon himself that you might live a righteous life. If you're here today and you know Christ, if Christ has changed your life, this is a time for us to rejoice. This is a time for us to worship. That's what they're doing in heaven right now is they're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we worship him today 
for what he's done for us. If you're here today and you know about Jesus, but you've not taken up your cross, denied yourself, and decided to follow Christ, I would encourage you today to follow Christ, to believe in him. There's no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved. There is only one Savior in this world. There's many religions. There's one Savior, and it's Jesus Christ. And you really have a choice in life. You're either going to live for yourself and for your pleasures, or you're going to live for Christ. Those are really the only two options there are in this world. And Christ died for the purpose that we would no longer live for our pleasures and our passions, but that we would live for him. Here at Fredericksburg Christian Fellowship, we have open communion, which means if you know Jesus Christ and you're walking in faith with him, you may partake of the Lord's table. Christ's death is a call to holiness. Christ's death is a call to lay down your life and to take up his life. And so as all of us here who are believers, we need to examine ourselves and ask ourselves, am I living for my pleasures or am I living for Christ? And if the answer to that is I'm living for my pleasures, then the appropriate response is to repent and to ask for forgiveness and to embrace that forgiveness and by God's grace to live according to his will. And for those of us who don't know Christ, the appropriate response is to let the cup and the bread pass and to seriously consider the truth that we've heard and come to the place of repentance and faith. Because there is where the joy is. There is where hope is. And we would encourage parents, make sure you give guidance to your children on who needs to take the Lord's table and who does not. Children who don't know Christ or who you're still sorting that out with, just let them have the cup pass.